Welcome to day 159 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Job chapters 25 through 27. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 25 is only six verses long. As I mentioned yesterday, several scholars believe that chapters 24 through 27 have been damaged and that 24 verses 18 through 24 should belong at the end of these brief verses in chapter 25 and that they should be added to the final speech of Bildad. If we place those verses here in this speech, the theme Bildad is articulating is a familiar one by now. He points Job to the power and purity of God. God's omnipotent power ought to be respected by Job. Job should not want to meet with God or accuse God of injustice because before God's awesome power, Job doesn't stand a chance. Again, God is just for Bildad and will bring destruction on the wicked. Job's response takes up chapters 26 and part of chapter 27. Job's final words to his friends emphasize again how little his friends have helped him. Their speeches have only brought more pain and no relief. The latter half of chapter 26 contains several images from the creation story in Genesis chapter 1. The waters are there, the chaos is there, even the sea monster of the deep makes an appearance. They'll show up again later in God's appearance to Job. Job affirms God's control of the universe, the heavens, the earth, and even those regions under the earth. The first 12 verses of chapter 27 then affirm one last time Job's innocence. Job says, I will not agree that you are right. Until my dying day, I won't give up on my integrity. Once again, we come to a section that many scholars believe reflect possible damage to this portion of Job. Many scholars think that verses 12 through 23 of chapter 27 contain at least part of the final speech of Zophar. They argue this because the logic of the verses pick up exactly where Zophar left off in chapter 20, and given the beautiful symmetry of the book itself, it would make sense for this section of dialogues to end with the third and final speech from the third friend from Zophar. The focus of these ten verses, like the previous speech of Zophar, is on God's punishment of the wicked. Zophar says terrors overtake them like waters and removes them from their places. With this final speech, the dialogue section of Job officially ends. Job's friends may have traveled to Uts to see the suffering of their friend and to offer comfort. However, rather than easing Job's pain, they have heaped on guilt and anger and frustration. We can sum up the primary themes of Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophar this way. Job, things happen for a reason, and usually that reason is a divine reason. Job must be suffering because of something he or his children have done or because God is trying to discipline him for some greater purpose. God's world is orderly. God assures that the righteous are blessed and the wicked are judged. If there are some things we don't understand, it's because God is transcendent mysterious and beyond our comprehension, we thus should not question God, but simply obey him. When people are suffering, the best course of action is not to lament to God or even question God. The right thing to do is repent and hope that God hears us and changes our circumstances. Job's responses, on the other hand, reveal the deep sense of depression and isolation people can experience when they're going through suffering. The simplistic answers of Job's friends are not only insufficient, but they quickly turn into accusations and anger. 
Rather than meeting Job in his suffering, his well-meaning friends add to his suffering. We still have a few chapters to go before God makes an appearance, but what Job longs for most is for God to come, meet him where he is, and bring vindication. There's much we can learn from Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar about what not to say or do when we are trying to help others in their suffering. If there's a phrase I wish would be stricken from the vocabulary of Christians, it's the statement, well, we know that everything happens for a reason. It may actually be true that the difficult things we go through happen for some reason, and perhaps even a divine one, but as the book of Job reminds us, if there is a reason for Job's suffering, he and his friends are not aware of what it might be. In the case of Job's friends, not only are they sure that Job's suffering has happened for a reason, they're sure that they know what that reason is. Job has sinned. But we know, and God knows, that's simply not true. So perhaps it's better for us to say, there may or may not be great reasons for what you are experiencing, or for what I am experiencing. But, as we will see, we can be certain that God is not absent, And we can be certain that God is able to bring creative or recreative goodness as we look to him and are called according to his purposes. So read these texts carefully, noticing all the things you probably should not say as you try to meet others in their suffering. Journal your thoughts, your questions, and prayers. And tomorrow, we'll explore one last interlude before God finally arrives on the scene. Tomorrow, we're reading Job chapters 28 through 30. I'll talk to you tomorrow.